122. We're starting a new period, period from Gimel. That was uh, a long period, period from Mbez. Just an interesting piece of trivia. We have, uh, there's a, I told you in the past that there's also a safer printed uh, called Mahadura Kama of Tanya, which means the original, uh, the first version, the first edition of Tanya. And there are different changes made in it. And one of the changes that was made was that Perik Membez used to be two Prakim. And the Rebbe, for whatever reason, consolidated into one Perik. It's the only Perik that in the Madura Kama, in the first edition, was two, and then it was uh, consolidated into one. So it was a long Perik, Perik Membez. And now we're ready for Perik Mem Gimel. The next few Prakim are a little shorter. <clears throat> but let's first recap where we are. So the larger topic over here is Yiras Hashem. We've talked about Yiras Hashem for the last two Prakim. Perik Mem Aleph and Perik Mem Beis. Although on Perik Mem Aleph we took a little break, a little to talk about Avas Hashem. But most of the Perik Mem Aleph and, and the entire Perik Mem Beis talked about Yiras Hashem. And in terms of the major points that we made in Perik Mem Aleph and Perik Mem Beis are as follows. Just to, to recap. Number one. Yiras Hashem is absolutely indispensable. Now that doesn't seem to be like a big chiddush. We all know that we have to have Yiras Hashem. But the, with the Alter Rebbe, the chiddush of the Alter Rebbe, and the point of the Alter Rebbe is is that most people think that the reason why you have to have Yiras Hashem is similar to what it says in Pirkei Yavis, that Ilamala that we have to fear the, the government, we have to have uh, a healthy respect and reverence for the government, because otherwise uh, there would be utter, utter anarchy and chaos, right? So people have the same impression that Yiras Hashem, why do I have to have Yiras Hashem? Because if I didn't fear Hashem, then I, uh, I wouldn't be doing mitzvahs, and I would, uh, I would do averis, have nothing what to fear, so therefore I have to have Yiras Hashem. Comes along the Alter Rebbe, and we learn from the Alter Rebbe, says no. I mean, that's true, but that's not, that, 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 that's missing the point. Yira is the beginning of everything, it's the beginning of Avoida, and it's always necessary to have Yiras Hashem, even when it comes, and you, even if you're about to do a mitzvah and you're very happy to do the mitzvah. And you're, you have an ava for Hashem and you're excited and you're passionate and enthusiastic about doing the mitzvah. You still need to have Yiras Hashem. You still need to take a moment to think about Yiras Hashem before you do the mitzvah. As we learned in Perek Mamalov. And the reason why is because without Yira, then the mitzvah is not like an Eved. You're missing the Avaida element. Or to, in, the, in Hasidic terminology, you're missing the Bittal element. You're doing it, it's because of your own yashas, it's because of your own desire. I want to do the mitzvah, it's about me. And ultimately, we have to be an eved of Hashem. And to be an eved means to do something because Hashem commanded us to do so. And that means doing it with a yira. I'm doing it because Hashem is my melech and because I have to do it because Hashem is my melech. So that was big point number one that Dalt Rebbe made is that yira is absolutely essential, even if I can get by without yira theoretically. And I would do all the mitzvahs and I would uh, stay away from my various without Yira because I love Hashem so much. But Yira is still a necessary component and without it you're missing the foundation. The Kedusha of the mitzvah is conditional upon the Yira, upon the bittel with which the mitzvah is performed or with which the Torah is learned. That's point number one. Point number two. Point number two is how do we, how, how do we arrive at Yira? And Sadat Rebbe says that's through his boininus. We need das. We need esbeidinus and we need das. You need to contemplate, and there were several different uh, types of esbeidinus that Dr. Rebbe spoke about. He spoke about the idea of contemplating. Vihine Hashem love, how Hashem is standing upon you and is waiting for you to do a mitzvah. That's one esbeidinus. There's the very simple esbeidinus of Ayin Reya, Ayin Shemas. Pasha's understanding that Hashem is watching every single thing that you're doing. 
And then in the last period we discussed some other uh, um, some other ideas, especially last week we spoke about this Bainunos that wherever you look around, seeing Hashem everywhere and within everything. So there are different types of his Bainunos. So how do we arrive at Yira? Yira is arrived through his Bainunos. If you want to serve Hashem, believe Shalom with your heart. And part of Yira is a uh, an emotion related to the lady, related to the heart. So if you want to serve Hashem, <coughs> excuse me, with the heart, of the lave, that requires da, that requires understanding Hashem, thinking about Hashem, and connecting to it. And that's the way to arrive at His Bainanus, to arrive at Yiras Hashem, is through His Bainanus. That was point number two. And point number three is that everyone has to understand that this is within our, within our ability to do this. It's within our ability to to contemplate the greatness of Hashem and to arrive at Yira and to arrive at Das and through that to arrive at Yira. And why is that? Because every single one of us, our Nushama, receives the capacity for Das, which means to, the idea of connection, to be able to connect with the ideas which we think about. Because every single one of us, our Nushama, has a Yanika, it receives, uh, it receives uh, energy and a special uh, type of Das from the Nishama of Moshe Rabbeinu. So those are the three points, I mean, obviously there was, there was a lot more, but those are the three major points discussed regarding Gira in Perik Mem Aleph and Perik Mem Beis. And now we're going to start Perik Mem Gimel. It says the Alter Rebbe Perik Mem Gimel, page 122, Vihine, regarding this Gira, which as we'll see in this Perik, all the, everything that we discussed up until now is called Yira Tata, is the lower level of Yira. And the purpose of this lower level of Yira is in order to do the mitzvahs properly, staying away from that which is wrong, and doing that which is proper. So regarding this Yira that we've discussed up until now, Amru Chazal Talas, Im Ein Yira Ein Chachma. So this is one of the enigmatic Mishnas in Pirkei Yavis, where it says, Im Ein Yira Ein Chachma, Im Ein Chachma Ein Yira. If there is no fear, there is no wisdom, and if there is no wisdom, there is no fear. And if you read this on a very simple, uh, on a simple level, it seems to be the ultimate catch-22. If you, there is no wisdom without fear, there is no fear without wisdom. So where do I start? I want to start by, by, by attaining fear? I can't. Because I need chachma first. Okay, so I'll, okay, so I want, in order to get your im'ein chachma in yir, right? If there is no wisdom, there is no fear. So therefore I want to get fear. So I'll start with wisdom. But I can't get wisdom because I don't have fear. So I'll get fear. <laughs> we can keep on going the entire, we can, for the entire year like this. It's, a, it's the ultimate catch-22. It's like what, like what they say about making money. You need money in order to make money. That's all, you know, it's a catch-22. If you need money in order to make money, so where do you start? So what does this mean? So the Rebbe is going to explain in our Perik, it's not a catch-22. We're talking about two different levels of Yira. So Im'ein Yira in Chachma means if you don't have a basic level of Yira, what's called Yira Tata, the lower level of Yira in Chachma. There is no Torah Mitzvah. But ultimately you need Chachma in order to achieve Yira, which is a higher level of Yira, what's called Yira Ilah, and that's what's going to be the discussion in our period. So until now we were talking about the lower level of Yira, what's called Yira Tata. The definition of that we'll get to in a moment. And the purpose of Yira Tata is simply to be able to do Teirah Mitzvahs properly with a bitl to Hashem. And without that, there's nothing. As mentioned in the beginning of Perik Mamalaf, Yira is the foundation of everything. So without Yira, 
The whole idea of Chachma, of the Chachma Satsayi, the mitzvah doesn't exist. You have to start with a very basic Yira. I am Hashem's Eved, and I fear Hashem, and I'm doing that which He wants me to do. Within Yira Tata, there's a lower level and a higher level. So this makes it a little more complicated. There's Yira, there's yira Tata and there's Yira Ilah. There's a lower level of Yira and a higher level of Yira. And within Yira Tata itself, there's Katnus and Gadlus. There's what you call a, a lower level, a smaller level, and a larger level. And let's take a moment just to talk about, uh, give a, a very basic introduction to the idea of Yira Ilah and Yira Tata. As you will see, Yira Tata comes from meditating upon Hashem, Hashem's uh, greatness as it relates to the world. That's Yira Tata. And Yira Ilah is meditating or being able to somehow um, experience and feel and relate to Hashem's greatness which is completely beyond and completely transcends the world. And not, it's not only a matter of the type of meditation that leads you there, but as we see as we go on, it's a different type of Yira. That when, when your Yira of Hashem is based on the Yira's Boininus, your contemplation of Hashem's greatness as it relates to worlds and creation, it's, a, it's one type of Yira. And when your Yira is a Yira law, which means that you arrive at it from a different way, you're thinking about Hashem Himself, that's called a different Yira, it's called actually it's called Yiri Ilah, it's also known as Yari Boishas or Yiras Haremamus. It's a different type of Yiri, we'll get, we'll get there in a moment. Now, when we're talking about the Yiri, for, for the next little while we're going we're gonna to focus on Yiri Tata, on the lower level of, uh, on Yiri Tata, on the lower level of Yiri. So within the lower level of Yiri, remember we said there's Katnus and there's Gandhus. What is Katnus? What is the, the lower level within Yiri Tata? The lower level within Yira Tata is when your Yira comes from focusing on Hashem's relationship with this world. With this world. The fact that Hashem is present in this world. And that Hashem is watching me over here in this world. And that I look around me and everything that I see, the mountains and the rivers and the oceans and the trees and everything, I see Hashem everywhere and I see the Yad Hashem everywhere. That's all within Yira Tata, thank you, within Yira Tata, that's the lower level of Yira Tata. But Yira Tata also has a Bechinas Gadlus, it has a higher level. And what is that? When, when, when do we have the higher level of Yira Tata? When the Yira comes, when you think into the greatness of Hashem, but not only as Hashem relates to this world, but as Hashem relates to all the worlds, the Yom you contemplate the fact that Hashem fills all the worlds. <coughs> and the Gemara says in Chagiga, the Gemara says in Chagiga, to Nagadata, it says like this, the Gemara says that, how distant is the, is the earth from the heaven? So it says, it's 500 year distance. In other words, if you were to walk 500 years straight without rest, you would hit the heavens, you would hit the sky. Now, that is only, and I, so we have to, I guess at this point we have to stop and make it clear, we're not talking here about, uh, <laughs> but it's interesting that you have the concept in science, you have the idea of light years, right? So that, yeah. that, that space is measured by, by speed. Right? So we have that in the Gemara already here, the measuring of space by speed, but not the speed of light, the speed of, uh, 
of a human being walking. But the concept already exists in the Gemara. How far is the heaven? Instead of giving... So the, you can make a cheshman, because according to halacha, you can walk four mil in a mile, and then there's a, a four mil in an hour. You can make a cheshman exactly the distance, but that's not the point. The point is we're talking, obviously, about spiritual ideas, and whatever the rakia represents, it's 500 years or levels removed from the arats, from this, from this world. And then the Gemara says, The Gemara says that we know there are seven heavens. The Shiva Rikim. Again, we're talking spiritual terms. So we, from one heaven to the next is also 500 years. A 500 year distance. The Gemara also says over there that the thickness of every heaven is 500 years. And then the Gemara says, Ragli is kulan That on top of the seven heavens, the Gemara says, that's where you have the Malachim that are called the Chayis. And the Chayis, their feet, and when we say their feet, we don't mean their legs, we mean just the feet. Is Keneged Kulan, is the equivalent of them all. So if you're going to take. Uh, 3,500. More, more seven, because seven times the seven heavens and, and in between every single heaven, right? And how thick is the heavens? Each one also 500, 500 years. Yeah. Oh, I mean the thickness also. Right, so I'm not a mathematician over here. It's not why I was, uh, not that why they brought me in. <laughs> okay, but then, and then we say what? That the feet of the, of, of the, of the, of the, of the Malachim called Chayis, they are, the equivalent, and he says because actually the Gemara continues. The Gemara says Karsuli the ankles of the Chayis is connected Kulan. That means all, everything uh, all combined. Also, in other words, the heavens plus plus the plus the feet. Well, now, what, is, what what does this mean to us? This means to tell us that we have to understand just how small our world is. Just how small and how many levels there are above the world, and how insignificant our world is—the entire world is compared to one to, to the to the to the to the feet of one malach, which which uh, combines everything is the is the size of is the size of everything combined. Again, we're talking spiritual stature. So the chain is not and the same thing when you think about how all the worlds chain down, the above. Lamaila, Maila, above, above, Adruma, Mailas, how many infinite worlds there are. And when a person thinks about this, and this leads to a year as Hashem, understanding the incredible grandeur and greatness of Hashem, you know, you think into this world and how amazing this world is and how intricate the world is. And uh, you don't have to think, you need a telescope, you take a look at the constellations. That's says, infinite. You can, what, you yeah, to, but you don't, don't contemplate that, that right? Oh, that's part of how Newton what? discovered. Sorry? That, 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 that's part of how became a theist because he realized that this, this is all could be an accident. That's who, who became? Newton. 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 Sir, right, right, right. He realized this whole thing could be an accident. What was an accident? He realized the world couldn't be an accident. Akaponim, you think you think into the the, the I mean, you're talking about the about the heavens and the skies, but today you don't need to take a you don't need to take a um, a telescope and look in the heavens. You could take a microscope and look at anything. The human body has really? the average human body has around forty trillion bacteria on it. <laughs> to give you an idea, and cells. It's just a, it, and to think that everything this is nothing. This world is nothing. 
In other words, then because there are higher worlds and higher worlds, and this world is nothing compared to the higher worlds. And every world is 500 years removed, above and higher than this world. And that all leads to an incredible year of Sasha. Thinking about, the Rambam talks about this in the first Prakim of Rambam, thinking about the greatness of Hashem. But in the earlier Prakim, we're talking about look, think, look, look, um, thinking about the greatness of Hashem based on looking around in our world, or, or, or considering how Hashem is present in our world. That's Yiratata, says the Alter Rebbe, in a way of Kadlos. Godless of Yiratata is when you think about not only this world, but how everything, right? You take into consideration all of creation, not only the physical creation, not only the physical universe, which in itself is mind-blowing, but how realizing how all that is absolutely nothing compared to what's going on in terms of all the higher worlds and the so spiritual creations. So cannot believe in Hashem if he knows the body is billions of billions thing. And the only yes, answer... It's stupid not to believe. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Hashem gave Bechir Rechavshis. Right? We talk about Hakel, Hagodel, Hagiber, Vahanoira. So what does Hagiber mean? The Sultan talks about this in Shayichud Vahamun. Hagodel means Hashem's greatness. And that he was, and all, Gedula refers to Lachasham, Gedula. Gedula refers to Maisa Bereshis. Gedula refers to um, Hashem's incredible chesed in creating everything. And what's Gevura? What's Hashem's Gevura? Gevura means discipline, means restraining. That's what Gevura. Gevura is. That with all of Hashem's gedula, he was able to create a situation wherein his own cre- his own creatures, his own creations, can deny his existence. And says the Alter Rebbe, the gevura is just as great as the gedula. Wow. Now you think that the gedula, no, the gevura, the ability to be able to create a world of this sort, and that you should have creatures walking around and saying, "Is there a you know, is there a creator?" That's that that's just that's just as great as the entire gedula. Is the entire creation, and that's something which is um, from the power of Hashem. But actually, I once, I once had the opportunity. I was speaking once. This goes back many years. I was speaking to a doctor who became a Balchuva, and he was telling me at the time. He was telling me that he just doesn't, he doesn't understand how he was able to go through medical school without believing in Hashem or understanding that, you know, after he became from, he says, now I look at everything like how. How do people go through medical school and, 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 and remain professed atheists? It makes no sense. That can makes no sense. But that's Bechir HaKavshis. Afal Pikain, nevertheless, Nikra Yirazu, this Yira, even the Yira which is godless, is still, it's called Yira Chitsoinius, it's called an external Yira. Vitata and the lower level of Yira. Even the godless of Yira Tata, we're all talking about the lower level of Yira. Mi Achar, why? Shenem Shachas, because where does this where does this Yira come from? Meha Oilama is from Hashem's relationship with the world, with creation. Shaheim, and all of these creations are only Lavushim. Shalhamalach Kadash Baruch. They're only the garments of the king. Asher Mistater, Umis Alam, Umislabish Baham that Hashem hides and conceals himself and enclothes himself within them. And he gives them life. And he gives them existence. That they should remain. They should be something rather than nothing. However, Nevertheless, this is the doorway, the entryway to Teirah Mitzvah. Yirat HaTah is absolutely necessary in order to be able to, to do Teirah Mitzvah properly. And that's what the Mishnah says. 
Going back earlier, in ain yira in chachma. If you don't have yira, yira tata, then you tell you mitzvahs you can't do. In other words, even if you do the mitzvah, but you're missing the essence of the mitzvah, the kedusha of the mitzvah, the avodas Hashem, that's within the mitzvah. So again, within yira tata, there are many levels. From the lowest level of thinking, like Rabbi Yechel ben Zakkai said, remember we spoke about in Perk Mamalaf, Halavai Shayyeh Meir Shemayim Aleichem Kameir Basar Vadam. That's also Yiratata. The lowest level of Yiratata is that just like uh, if someone is watching me, I don't do something inappropriate, I know Hashem is watching me. That's Yiratata. It's the lowest level. And then there's the Yirat, then there are many levels in between. And then you get to the highest level of Yiratata, the godless, when you contemplate all of creation, including the spiritual worlds. But still, all of that is Yiratata. Why? Because you're at ri- arriving at Yiras Hashem, not by understanding or feeling Hashem Himself, but by virtue of His actions and by virtue of His deeds. And that's why it's called Chitzonius. It's called Yira Chitzonius, an external, an external fear, because all of this comes from that which is external to Hashem. I'm not thinking about Hashem. So I'm saying, wow, look at what Hashem created. Look at what Hashem has done. And therefore, it's all called Yira Tatra. Ah, however, a yira ilam, the higher level of yira, which is yari boishis, as mentioned earlier, it's a fear that's characterized by busha. And by busha, there isn't a, I know the classical translation of busha is shame. But it's not a very good translation, especially because, especially today, the word shame has a negative connotation to it. Embarrassment. What? Embarrassment. It's embarrassment. It's better. Embarrassment is better. Boish just means a complete, complete bittel, complete, uh, I'm embarrassed of who I am, but not because I did anything wrong, but a complete insignificance, mm-hmm. a yira which leads to a person to feeling completely, completely, no self-image, nothing, absolutely nothing. The yira pnimis, and this is a yira pnimis, this is an internal fear. Why? You're not thinking about the worlds, but you're thinking about the lakus, the godliness that's within the worlds. Regarding this, they said, that in order to reach the higher level of Yira, in order to reach the level of Yira law, you need Chachma. And we'll get into what Chachma is in a moment. So here the Alter Rebbe doesn't elaborate it very much, but in the Siddur, now, the Alter Rebbe did a Siddur, wrote a Siddur, and aside from the fact that there's a Nusach HaTfilah there, there's also different things that Alter Rebbe wrote in, in the Siddur, different instructions and, and different places. So there's a very large, a very long Ha'ara uh, note that the Alter Rebbe writes by Tikkun Chatzais, and over there he says, he references Perik Mem Gimel and Tanya, and says, I want to give a little more explanation about what I was talking about in Perik Mem Gimel and Tanya. And he says that there is Imagine the yira that a person has when you are in the presence of a tremendous chacham or tzaddik. So imagine if you were in the presence of Moshe Rabbeinu or the Rambam or the Baal Shem Tev. Imagine, imagine what you would feel like. The yiras boishas, the utter insignificance that you would feel and that is yira ilah. That is the highest level of yira. And the Al-Tarebbe contrasts that. He says, that's different than the fear. And we say again, the fear, the awe that you would feel when you're in the presence of a king. <coughs> in which way is it different? In which way is it different when you're in the presence of a tzaddik? Is the awe different than when you're in the presence of a king? King could kill you. 
the king can kill you. That's not about the awe. That's about you're worried about your own skin. That's true. My own skin. Yes, What? Yes, So what, how would you fear the king? Then? What makes you... Well, let's talk about a king for a second. Not all kings are, are the same. Not all kings are equal. One king you'll have more fear of, more awe of, more reverence for. And another king you'll have a lesser fear or reverence. What makes a king great? What makes one king greater than the next? Benevolent. The king is benevolent to his subjects. So you will fear him more if he's more benevolent? I would respect him more. The more tyrannical you'll feel more. Okay, so... We're getting also lost in the, word, in the word fear. When we're talking here more about the... And as we discussed reverence. in the past, the word yira means awe, reverence. Right? What, 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 would you, what, what, make, what, what makes one king command more awe and reverence than another? So, on a very simple level, Let's talk about um, let's talk about presidents for a second, okay? Because today we don't really have that, that you know. Kings. Can that worth two cents? Okay, no, so let's we say have, we haven't had in the last half century, really. Right. So how would you compare if you had the president of the United States and the president of Russia alongside the president of Finland and the president of Luxembourg? So which one would have more? Would, would Evoke in people more awe and more reverence. The one who's more powerful. Mm -hmm. so, how do you define power? Military strength. Military strength. So for, that's one thing, right? But also, the one that has more territory, that controls more people, and more power means more money. More people that more fear power. them, right? So what's interesting is, is that who the king is himself, whether he's a nice person or not a nice person or a wise person or, or, or a fool, really doesn't play into it so much. What makes one king greater than the next and what makes you have an awe for the king is... His power over you. Right. So that's why the black president, <laughs> the president of the black association, we don't have that much unit for him. I don't know if we have presidents of black associations here in Brooklyn, but the point, the, the, the point remains. So when you fear a king, it's not really about the king's personality. It's not about the king's personality. It's the king's personality is almost irrelevant. Yeah, if the person's a dictator and a tyrant, you'll fear him. But I'm talking about, again, we're not, well, if we move away again from the definition of fear as in trembling because I'm scared of the king, and more in terms of the reverence and the awe, the moira, it's not about the personality of the king and, the, and the, the qualities of the king, but it's more about how much territory does this king control, how many soldiers does this king command, how many nuclear weapons does he have in his arsenal, etc. As opposed to when you're in the presence of the tzaddik, your awe of the tzaddik is not because of what he can do. It's not you're in awe because you, you, you fear that he can... You know, strike you down with a bolt of lightning. Maybe he can, but that's not the point. That's not where the murder comes from. The murder comes from him. And by the king, the murder is not from him. It's from what he controls. Understand the difference? It's his chachmah, wisdom. It's the person's kedusha. It's the person's chachmah, right? It's the person himself that's causing 
you to have Moira, as opposed to by the king, it's not the per for example, if the king were to be stripped of all his power, would you fear the king? No. Nothing. So it's, the, it's not the king himself. It's his actions, it's what he controls, it's his, it's the people and the lands and the, right? Rabbi, uh, we had Yechidut, my wife and myself, with the Rebbe. We're sitting here and the Rebbe here, we couldn't look at his face. We're like a fire. I have to put my eyes down. That's, it's not the fear of him, fear from his being there. So that's a year of Elah and year of Zbashas. It's a year of Elah and year of Zbashas. And when you're in front of a real, a, a real tzaddik, does it make a difference how many chassidim he has? That's not, the fear is not, the fear is from the person, the person himself, yeah. And the same thing that the Rebbe is saying is true about re regards our Yiras Hashem. There are two types of Yiras Hashem we can have. There's one type of Yiras Hashem, is like we fear Hashem like we fear a king. So how, how does one have that type of fear of Hashem? Look at all the worlds that Hashem created. And how Hashem fills all the worlds and He surrounds all the worlds and He's within all the worlds and He controls everything. And the incredible amount of things that He created. But that's not Hashem. That's not Hashem. That's like when you fear a king and you, the, more, the more lands He controls, you fear Him more. And then there's a higher level of year, which is like the year of the Chacham. And my, my fear and awe of Hashem is not because of what He's done. But because of Hashem Himself, when I understand that in actuality, all of creation is nothing. Alter Rebbe says in Lakut Yitera, I think we mentioned this in the past, you know, with all of the, um, the greatness of this world. And as the Medrash tells us that if all the wise people in the world got together and decided that they wanted to create a fly, a mosquito, they couldn't do it. They couldn't create a mosquito and make it alive. So you know what, if you want to talk about the greatness of Hashem, you don't have to look at a mosquito. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to look up to, you know, to the stars. But with all the greatness of the world, all the grandeur of this world. And then once again, we have not only this world, we have all the higher worlds, the spiritual world that talks about in Siddhas and Kabbalah. So says the Alter Rebbe, that all of this, you know, if, imagine if Hashem had to apply for a job somewhere and he had to write up a resume, it wouldn't make it on his resume. It wouldn't make it on his resume. That's how insignificant all of creation is to Hashem. But how would you define? Take a moment to, to digest that. Yeah. <laughs> it would. It wouldn't. Okay, I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing. The Alter Rebbe doesn't use the word the, the word resume, but the Alter Rebbe says that the whole creation of the world that's not the main thing by Hashem. It's incidental to Him. It's not. Uh, it's not something that Hashem is so proud of. You know, it's all incidental to Him. So. When we are, when, when, we're, when we, our Hashem comes from our Rizbaninus, our contemplation of Hashem's greatness. But what is Hashem's greatness? All the worlds He created, at the end of the day, that's a Yerachitzainus. It's a Yerachitzainus. It's external, because all of this is external to Hashem. It's not Hashem Himself. Whereas a Yerach Pnimis, the Yerach Yilah, the higher level of Yerach, is contemplating exactly this, contemplating how everything is nothing to Hashem. Contemplating about Hashem Himself. How he is beyond and transcends the world. And not that Hashem's greatness is because of the world, because the world is actually nothing. And all of creation is actually nothing. And Yiri Ilan, Yiri it's not only a matter of 
a different avenue how to arrive at Yira. I can, I can arrive at Yira by thinking about how Hashem is present in creation and the greatness of creation. That's one way. And another way of arriving at Yira is by contemplating that Hashem is completely above and beyond. It's also something different. And that is, as we mentioned earlier, that Yira Ilah is also known as Yari Boishas. Why is it called Yari Boishas? When you are standing in front of a king, do you feel yourself to be utterly insignificant? No. You can't be utterly insignificant. You know why you can't be utterly insignificant? Because the king doesn't view you as insignificant. What's the proof the king doesn't view you as insignificant? That he's seen. What? That he's seen. Okay. The wise person also sees you. The tzaddik also sees you. But there's a diff it's a difference. And that is, if you didn't exist, then the king is a lesser king. Because what makes a king, as mentioned earlier, what makes a great king? That he has, that he controls subjects. So we can't say that the people, the subjects, are nothing in relation to the king because the king needs you. You have to be somewhat significant. Mm -hmm. And therefore, that reflects itself in the fact that when you're standing in front of the king and you, are, you do have your awe and your reverence and your murder and everything, but it's not a, a, a murder, it's not a year that leads you to feel completely insignificant. Whereas when you stand in front of this great chacham, when you stand in front of this great tzaddik, you feel yourself to be mamish nothing. Relative to the tzaddik, you're mamish nothing. Because, let's th again, let's think about it. Is the king really greater than me? <laughs> no, he just controls a lot of people like me, right? So I can't feel utterly insignificant in the presence of the king. But when I'm in the presence of, this, of Moshe Rabbeinu, what am I? I'm mamish nothing. That's a yire boy. It's not only... That, I, that, that the meditation is a different meditation. It leads to a different type of yira. It leads to me to feel totally insignificant, totally mamish nothing. And that is yira ilah. How do we arrive at yira ilah? Stop the rabbit. That's what we have in the Mishnah. Im ein chachma in yira. The second part of the Mishnah is in order to have yira ilah, you need to have chachma. What is, what, what is chachma? So let's look inside. Second, Allah amru. Run 12 lines in the bottom. 10 lines, 10 lines in the bottom. Allah Amru regarding this level of Yira. Chazal tell us, in Yira. The Chachma, he Koyachma. Chachma, if you take the, the letters of the word Chachma and you trans, uh, transpose them, it spells Koyachma, the faculty of Ma. What is Ma? What? Ma's what? What? Bittel. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Vanachnu ma. What are we? Right? Ma means the idea of bittel. Vahachachma, the Pasuk tells us, Vahachachma me ayin timatseib. Chachma comes from ayin, from nothingness. Ve'ezo chacham. And the Mishnah tells us who is a chacham, Haraya Sanoilat, the one who sees the future. Who can see the future perceives what, what does it literally mean? A that which is born. I mean, the pashup shot means who can see the future, but means that. So, so we have over here, we have three points that Rabbi made about chachma, one after another. Chachma is koyachma, which means that chachma is related to the idea of bittel. And then he brought down the pasuk, which means that chachma comes from nothing. And then the Maimir Azal, Ezohu, 
Chacham Hareyes Hanelot. Who's a Chacham who sees that which is born? Now, the is going to explain how all these three are actually saying the same thing. They seem to be three different uh, ideas about Chachma. And all these three really are saying the same thing. Maybe this is the reasons for Adim with the Mekashkava, the Seva Chachma Ma'ayim Timotzeh. This is the beginning of the Ashkava. I don't know. I have to see the Nusach. I don't know, but it's possible. Pirush, what does this all mean? What does it mean that a Chacham is Roya Sanoilan? It means Shiroya called Davar, that whenever the Chacham looks at something, whenever the wise person looks at something, the person who has Chacham sees Eich Noilad Vinishava Me'ayin Liyash. He sees how at this very moment it is being born and recreated from nothing into something. So ha-chokma means that chokma wisdom comes from nothing. What does that mean that wisdom comes from nothing? Wisdom comes from wherever you're looking, whatever you're looking, realizing, understanding that everything that you are seeing is essentially emerging from nothingness at this moment. Which is the same idea as Haraya Sanaylad. Again, means where does wisdom come from seeing? A wise person is a person who sees the ayin, sees that everything is literally emerging from nothingness at every moment because Hashem is recreating everything. Creating creating from nothing to something at every single moment. And that's he looks at everything and says, oh, it was just born, it was just recreated. And that, as we continue, you'll see where we're going with this. And that leads you to Chachma, that leads you to Koyachma. The ultimate bitl comes from, the ultimate bitl Tashem, Koyachma, comes from the Ayin, comes from the Reyes Anayla, comes from seeing how everything is emerging from nothingness at all times. So again, the Chacham is the one who sees, Shereya called Davra sees within everything, how it is being born. And created from nothing to something, bedvar Hashem through the word of Hashem, v'ruach pivi sparach and the breath of Hashem's mouth. Kemeshikosov, as the pasuk says, u'beruach piv called sevam, that all the hosts of heaven, how are they created through the breath of Hashem's mouth? How do you see that? The ilaza doesn't mean to see it with. Uh, no, but I mean to say, how do you? Uh, just like in the in the yeah, sim, in the simple pshat, harei asanel, that means you see the future, it means that you see it. In the mind's eye, in the mind's eye. What's that again? In the mind's eye, in the mind's eye. Meaning, um, a second. Uh, so what does this mean? Because this is something we've discussed this once, once in the past when we were learning Peir uh, Chaf and Tanya, and it's discussed at length in Shaykh Vamuna. And this is something which is the, uh, one of the fun- foundational ideas of the Baal based on something that it says in Medrash Tilim. The pasuk says, "Lo elam Hashem dvarcha nitzav b'shemayim," which means that David Amelach says to Hashem that forever your word is nitzav. It has to. It stands. It remains in the heaven. So the Medrash says on this that dvarcha Hashem marta. That David Amelach is saying that those words that you said, Yehirakia, the words that Hashem said five thousand seven hundred and seventy-nine years ago, He said Yehirakia. So those words are still in heaven today and they're keeping, they are keeping the heaven in existence. Because, as the, as the Baal Shem Tev explains, if Hashem's, if the Dvar Hashem, if the words of Hashem, of the Asarim of the, of the ten utterances, and there are many different uh, 
Chilufim and Tmuris and Gematrius, in other words, every, every single creation in this world has in it either one of the Asarim Amaris or a various, uh, what's called Chilufim and Tmuris and the, the permutations of the words. And those words constantly have to be within them because if those words, Hashem's words, were to leave for one moment, the whole world would cease, it would cease to exist. Right, right. In other words, if Hashem didn't want something to exist, what would He do? Take away the permeation. Right. So someone who isn't familiar with that, okay, Hashem would burn it. If Hashem doesn't like the people in the world, He brings a marble, right? But Hashem doesn't have to do anything. To the opposite, to the contrary. Pull the plug. Yeah. To the contrary. Hashem has to do something for them to for, for something to continue to exist. So you, the question, what does Hashem have to do if He wants to get rid of something, is a silly question. He just has to stop doing. Not he has to do something, to the extent, right? That uh, actually, there's a whole mimer in this week's parsha. Without the Rebbe asks, what's this whole mabu all about? Abishad didn't like the people. He should have gotten rid of them. What if to make this whole uh, this whole show and this whole flood for forty days and and destroy everything? As the pasuk says, and but that the Moshe told Pare that um, what's the lesson that I would, I would have put my finger Hashem said I would have put my finger you you would cease to exist and that's why the Alter Rebbe says that the whole Mabel was like a mikvah the point of the Mabel was like it was water like a mikvah it was for 40 days like the 40 saw of the Midbar which came to be Metahir the world because the world was corrupted actually the physical world was corrupted and needed a mikvah to, uh, to purify it but that's based on this principle which is that Everything is being recreated every moment from, from Hashem. Hashem doesn't need to bring a mabel to, to destroy people. The example is brought in many places in Chassidus about this. There are two examples. One example is of Kriyas Yamsuf. We know that it says, that the Pasuk says that Hashem brought a, we, a wind, a Ruach Kadim Aza, an easterly wind, and it pushed up the water and made the water like a wall. And what were to happen if for one moment the wind would stop blowing? The water would have collapsed back. So the same thing is also. The words of Hashem are like the wind. And the words of Hashem are constantly forcing the world into existence because essentially what is the world is nothing. It's not something from something. And if you take a piece of silver, like the Alter Rebbe says, and you mold it, and you shape it, and you make a cup out of it, a becher out of it, right? So then... The silversmith puts the becher on the table and he walks away and the becher continues to exist. It doesn't need the silversmith anymore. Why is that? Because the silversmith didn't create it. The silversmith just fashioned it. It's something from something. Yesh miyesh. Yesh miyesh. Yes. So yesh miyesh doesn't need to have what's called the koyach hapoyil binifal. It doesn't need the koyach of the, of the actor within, within, to keep it going. But yesh miyayin, if for one moment, like if the wind would have, would have left, the whole thing would have collapsed. Or another example that's brought down, that Rebbe brings down is, if you throw a rock, how long is the rock going to stay in the air? As long as your energy keeps on pushing it. The moment that your energy leaves, it falls. The same thing is Hashem put into creation, that only as long as Hashem's energy remains within it, does the world continue to exist. But this leads us to another conclusion, which is, does the world really exist? Yes, Ratzin Hashem. Depends on Ratzin Hashem. So let me ask you, let's say you're, you're walking one day in the street and you see a, a rock flying. Flying past you. 
Do you look up at it and say, wow, flying rock? Never knew black rock. I never knew there were rocks that can fly. Is that what you would say? No, I see so. I would say someone threw it. Who's the idiot who threw that rock, right? Because <laughs> rocks don't fly. Rocks don't fly. And in fact, even when the rock is passing by, passing by you in the ear, is it a flying rock? No. no, it's not a flying rock. It's the same rock as every rock on the ground. It's a rock that's being flown by a person. The rock is not a flying rock. Hashem exists. Do we exist? Do the world exist? No, we don't exist. Hashem is existing us. In other words, the quality, the, the, uh, we can't say that we re, that this is something which the Rambam really talks about in the very beginning of Rambam. The first, uh, the Mamish, the first halachas of Rambam, the Rambam talks about it. He says, he says that there, um, is there a Rambam around there anywhere quick over here? Amada. Thank you. Every Lubavitch library has their Rambam. So the Rambam, the very beginning of Rambam, he says, you say that you say this famuda chachmas, the foundation of all foundations, and the pillar of, of all wisdom is laid out to know sheyasha matzirishin, to know that there is an existence, a primary existence. Vuhu mamci kol nimza. He gives existence to every existence. By the way, note he didn't say vuhu himci kol nimza. He didn't say he gave existence to. He gives. He gives existence to all. Vucholanem tzayim mishemayim va'eretz v'mashvenem everything. The heavens and earth in between, like Nimtu, only emerge and come from having Mitzvahs from Amitasi Matzim, from the truth of his existence. And then he continues and says, "Who shall?" I'm skipping Talachdal. Who shall Navi Emer? This is what the Navi says: Hashem, v'Hashem Elikim Emes, that Hashem alone is true. He alone is true, and no, nothing else has truth like his truth. This is what the Torah says, There's nothing other than him. Meaning to say, There's nothing that truly exists other than him. In other words, Hashem truly exists. He exists because he exists. We don't really exist. We are being existed. We are being existed. In other words, we're being put... So, that's the bitl, when we're talking about koyach ma, when a person thinks into this idea of, the idea of, uh, of reyes sanoilet, in other words, person realizes that at every moment we are being forced into existence by Hashem. Ve'ilazais, therefore, If so, the heavens and the earth, the cholts of Am, and everything that's within them, we're absolutely bottle. We're nothing. We're absolutely nullified to the words of Hashem and the breath of His mouth. We're mamish nothing. We're mamish nothing. So again, in the first mode of of Yira and Yira Tata. And this goes to answer the question that you asked. What's your name? Yeah, Shalom. Shalom. 
In the first, in the first type of Hisbonis, you think, wow, the world is so big. The world is so great. Not only this world. You have the Rekia and the between the Rekia and the highest. Look at all this incredible universe, incredible creation, all made by Hashem. And this mode, you're saying, the worlds, they're nothing. It, it's actually an opposite meditation. It's an opposite Hisbonis. The world's nothing. It's all about, you're thinking about Hashem because the worlds are absolutely nothing. The first, well, the first mode of Isbainus again is like by a Melech. What makes the Melech great? Not the Melech himself. What makes the Melech great is all the lands that he controls. This one, this year, is a higher level of year. It's not about the lands Hashem controls. We're thinking that the worlds are nothing. And this is the ultimate battle when you realize you're nothing. Not like in the first type of level of, you're saying, wow, the worlds are so great. You know what? If the worlds are so great, I'm also something because I'm part of the world. Think about that. If Hashem is great because He created the world, I'm part of the world. So Hashem must be proud of the fact that He created me. But if I realize, no, the worlds are nothing. The worlds are nothing and I am nothing. That leads to an incredible chokmah, an incredible bitl. And then Dr. Rebbe continues, Dr. Rebbe says, He's given another muscle. He says that we are nothing. And this is what's all talked about in Shaykh Vamuna. You have the light of the sun. The Altab is where we're taking this a step further. Taking this a step further. The light of the sun, does it exist? Also, not really. If if for if, if the sun were to go away, if the sun were to be extinguished, or when the sun sets, there, are, there is no light of the sun. Well, it isn't a mitzvah. It isn't a real mitzvah for itself. It is constantly. It is simply an expression of, of its source. So the light of the sun is absolutely bottle, bottle to Hashem. In fact, in Chassidus, when you when we talk about the energy of Hashem, we call it oir. There's a reason why we call it oir because just like oir is completely bottle to its moir completely nullified, it isn't, all it is is an extension of an expression, it has no identity, it has no self, it's simply an extension and expression of its source, its light source. The same thing is the oyer of Hashem. But here the Atarebbe says that all of creation is kibitl oyer v'ziv Hashemesh, is like the bitl of the light and the radiance of the sun, biguf Hashemesh atzma while it's within the sun. In other words, if the rays of the sun extend outside of it, then obviously, within the sun, there's also, within the orb of the sun, there is those, those rays also. Did you ever look at the sun? I hope you don't look at the sun anyways, but imagine looking at the sun and saying, oh, look at the sun, look at the rays of the sun inside there. No. <laughs> within the sun, there is no place for anything else. The bitl over there, even though that the rays of the sun, even the rays that extend outside of the sun are bottled to the sun, but uh, even a greater and higher level of bitl is the oyer v'ziv Hashem mesh, is the light of the sun, while it still remains within the sun. So this is a higher level of bitl. Not only because, while it's, it's, it, when something extends out of its source, even if it's utterly dependent on its source, it's still something. I look out the window, I see sunlight. Even though that, in truth, it's really bottl, but it seems to be something. But when it's within its source, there it's mamish nothing. We are within our source. We have, we have not separated. We have not gone out of the Dvar Hashem. We are within our source. So our bitl is even more than sunlight which comes out of the sun. 
It's even more than when you throw a rock. Our bitl is like the bitl of the sunlight, which is still in the sun. And now comes the hardest part of the Perik. You ready for it? The next two lines. The most difficult part of the Perik. And don't, don't exclude yourself from this principle. You too. Or I should better say, me too. <laughs> I also, me, my neshama, my guf, I'm also betel b'metzius b'dvar Hashem. I'm also bottled b'metzius, absolutely nothing. to the And bottled to the dvar Hashem, the words of Hashem, v'dibur yis, period, b'dvar Hashem. In other words, it's very nice when we have this whole contemplation and you think about how all the worlds are nothing. And sometimes you have to stop and say, yeah, and that means me also. It's not just all the world, not, not just this world, not just all the world, but me too. And that's the hardest because we are the biggest Matthias in our own in our own eyes to be bevatel to say the whole world is nothing is ainzah, but to say that I'm nothing, that's a much more uh, that's a that's that's tougher, right? Vidiburi is barach miyuched b'machshavti chulu. Okay, now the is going to take it even further. It's going level after level after level. The first level the Rebbe said was. That what that we're completely bottled Tashem. Why? Because we're completely dependent on Him for existence. We have no real existence of our own. We don't have no independent <laughs> existence. Then the Alter Rebbe says, even more than that, our bittel Tashem is like the, the rays of the sun as it's within the sun. And now the Alter Rebbe is going to say even even deeper. Until now, we're all we're entire time we're talking about our the yachas, the yachas of creation, the relationship of relationship to its source. What is the source of, rela- uh, of creation? The Dvar Hashem, the Asar Bamaris, Hashem's words. Dvar Hashem, Veruach Piv, the words of Hashem. So we're completely, completely bottled to our source. But when our source looks at us, our, does our source think that we are significant? Yes, yes. What's he the proof? A, he has a relationship with us. What's the proof? There is a term, the proof is that it's our source. It created us. In other words, can we say that we're in com- completely insignificant uh, to the Dvar Hashem? We're bottled by Metzius, we're talking nothing, we have no existence, independent existence of our own. We don't really exist. But whatever there is, whatever we are, are we utterly insignificant relative to the Dvar Hashem? If we were utterly insignificant, why would He be creating us? So then the Altarebbe takes us further. And by the way, we're doing this very, very, very briefly here. This idea is talked, we talked about at length in Perichaf of Tanya. So if you want to have a better grasp of the concepts we're going to be talking about now, you can go back and you can look at, uh, look or listen to the Shiurim on Perichaf of Tanya. There the Altarebbe explains that in the human being, there's a whole chain. And there's, first, there's Dibur, a person speaks. Above Dibur, there's Machshava. The source of Dibur is thought, is Machshava. The source of machshava, what is the source of machshava? Is seichel and midis. The source of a person's thoughts are a person's intellect and a person's emotions. How significant is one utterance that a person says relative to the person's intellect or emotions? Utterly insignificant. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to say, Hashem's is as we discussed earlier in Perichaf, and Chafalaf Barichas at length. By way of example, by way of example of the, the nefesh of a person, that one 
one dibur that a person says, one utterance, one, uh, one, one saying that a person says, or one uh, thought, is is absolutely insignificant compared to the essence of the soul, the seichel, the midas, the essence of the soul. And therefore, all of this world, we are all, we're all, all bottled mitzvahs to Hashem's dibur. The, the, the Dibur that created us. But, and that Dibur that created us is utterly insignificant to its source, which is the essence of Hashem. All of this leads us to Chachma. And as we will to Hashem talk about in ne- uh, next year, we'll talk about how the Chachma then leads to the Yira Ilah, the higher level of Yira. We'll finish this off next week, this topic. And then Amir Hashem, we move on to the topic of Ahava. Next week already we'll start, we'll finish Yira Ilah, we'll move on to Ava, and that takes us through Perek Nun, we'll be talking about, till Perek Nun, we'll be talking about Ava Sashem, and different avenues of Ava Sashem. Have a good Shabbos, everyone.